Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. back to another episode of the buffalo happy hour mike what's up derek we are sitting across from somebody who took our iq matched it and then exceeded it by a couple points <laughs> so it's very interesting to to be in his presence so we'll start with introductions and then we'll That's dive right into it too much i'm afraid when we look under the hood here shortly we'll realize that uh <laughs> now we're all we're all the same this is great i couldn't be more impressed by the setup and uh and uh, the communications that we've had yeah. since they started so uh excited to be here with you guys Cool. Thanks for so, being on. Yeah, no, that's great. So you want to introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are? My name is Don Purdy, father of the bride. Oh, no, that was two days ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, uh, okay, now it's Don Purdy, uh, former uh, employee of the Buffalo Bills for 27 years. Um, worked in the front office, started as a ticket office intern um, back in the, the early 90s. My first four years were Super Bowl years, so I thought that's how it was going to go every year, and it did for a while. That's when you started. That's when I started. Wow! Yeah. I had an internship, and then they, they, you know, the ticket demand had been so bad, right? Pr- pr- you know, previous to those years, that once the team exploded and got good with all the, you know, Kelly Thurman, Bruce, mm-hmm. all those guys, that uh, they, they, they couldn't handle the new demand. So I, I was, it was perfect timing for me, you know, working there because the ticket office internship, um, I had proved myself enough that they at least hired me hourly after that, mm-hmm. and my wife got a job teaching and. Um, so I kind of worked my way in and, and then advanced when certain uh, moves happened way above me. The trickle-down effect you know, worked in my favor. Sure. And, uh, but, uh, yep, fast forward. I'm sure we might get into some of those things that happened mm-hmm. in between. But uh, 27 years I was there with Bill still 2017. Um, I was let go in a very amicable way, in, in a way that, uh, you know, was, the, the Bills did it very tastefully. And I, I am still so deeply grateful for... You know, I certainly wouldn't have this book without all sure. the experiences, obviously, that I had with them. Um, but uh, in the last year, I, I guess I'm, I'm 
now calling myself an author. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> My name's on the book. <laughs> so uh, we will certainly talk about that. But um, I'm, I'm so impressed with what you guys are doing. That opening there with the the pouring mm-hmm. sound, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a bottle of water. I would, no, it was yeah, not. Yeah, that would actually be pretty weak. <laughs> actually, it was. We well, poured it. Yeah, we poured well it done. because we needed to get the audio like as close to the mic as we could because we did it ourselves. And we actually poured it out of my Brita, I think, right? No, it was. Was it out of a bottle? It was out of a bottle into a glass cup. And I held it at a high enough level, and he's with the mic like right next to it. And he's like, "Is everything okay?" I'm like, "Did I get water all over the microphone?" It was like the first thing that we did. Yeah, yeah. that's hysterical. Yeah. Here I'm making a joke, and I actually uncovered a trade secret for you guys. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. You no, you're fine. No, you're good. You're good. You're taking well out there. Done. <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So you started as a ticket office intern back in the the prime bills time, right? What? there's just so much to uncover because you've been with the bills for so long. So like, what was the environment at that time? Well, um, first of all, I mean, I, maybe the most obvious thing is the organization was way smaller. I mean, sure. um, maybe a third of what it is now, maybe a fourth in regards to what employees uh, size, or revenue or size of the staff, uh, maybe that too, but size of the staff, um, coaches, players, um, Trainers, uh, you know, they're, they're maybe 150. I think now, you know, with Bagulin Sports Entertainment, they're, you know, several hundred. And uh, so, I guess for me, um, in terms of not to get ahead of ourselves, mm-hmm. but in terms of having, you know, the blessing of Marv given the forward for the book, um, someone in my position back in those years when I was made full time in 1993 as the business manager and doing some other things. Um, if the, if the organization was the size then that it is today, no way I would have had, you know, that kind of contact with the head coach sure. to get to know him at that level, you know. And, uh, you know, we took pre-game, uh, preseason trips. Uh, we had, uh, you know, games uh, in London and then two years later in Berlin and all our, you know, our families came. So we got to know each other so much on those trips. I got, you know, Fran Levy and mm-hmm. but so many others. So that's probably the most obvious difference between um, – you know, then and now, and, and how different it was, but uh, is, is and the you know tightness ensued. I mean, it doesn't mean everyone got along, sure, but I mean for the most part, uh, winning sure helps a whole heck of a lot to have people get along. You know, yeah, uh, and we were doing a whole lot of winning. Obviously, uh, was that when those relationships started to build between you and the other people in the Bills? Is like '93 when you got out of that? Uh, I mean, it started a little before yeah. when I was in the ticket office. Um, uh, you know, that the ticket office was even though it was kind of separate physically from the rest of the building um my funniest thing was uh they they they, new york state said you couldn't smoke in buildings anymore but for some reason they didn't count the ticket office we were like this secret um annex where bill polian and all the john they all came down and they smoked in there for some reason we had no windows (laughs) or the ceilings were yellow but uh they were like oh we were just happy to see them sure you know working so hard um so yeah, it was, um, but we ate in the same cafeterias mm. and, and things like that. So that, that's that's how we uh, those relationships were manifested. Yeah, was um, that your first position, or did you work yeah, somewhere else beforehand? I didn't. I came straight out of college. I had the internship in college and um, in the ticket office, and I I, apply, well, I knew I wanted to be in pro sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it. So back then, there was, you know, there was no internet or everything. So I I wrote letters to all 32 NFL teams and I have I think 
I would say 31 rejection letters, but that's not true because not all of them wrote me back. <laughs> yeah. The NBA, Major League Baseball, as I was offered a job with the Bills part-time, they made sure that was clear. It was hourly, but I'd work a ton of hours, you know, and Amy was going to substitute teacher. We were going to try to make it work. I remember we were packing up the truck, and I got a... Uh, a phone call, and it was my mom. She said, it's, it's the Seattle Supersonics, the NBA. And, and they said, oh, you can come out here at your own expense and, and uh, um, you know, work commissions and suites. And I'm like, wow, it sounded kind of cool and sexy or whatever, but I thought, nope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, you know, the bird in hand and mm-hmm. what I know. Buffalo, my parents, you know, they were thrilled they live in the Adirondacks, so sure. they're still in the state. Um, but that's the only other bite I got, you know, for all those other teams that I, I applied to. Um, but it obviously, you know, worked out. Mm-hmm. A lot of luck. So you're from upstate? Yeah, uh, the Adirondack Speculator, New York. Gotcha. Tiny little town. 2,000 people. Love uh, it. But, uh, again, we all, we all know each other really well up there, too. Mm-hmm. I, try to, I try to stay in contact as much as I can go up, you know, a few times a year in the summer, ski there, you know, go on the boat. What was your fascination then with pro sports? Did you play sports when you were younger? Yeah, I did. I mean, there wasn't that much else to do up there. You know, we skied, but uh, we, you know, we all were on the same teams. Everyone played all the sports. Our circle of friends, mm-hmm. and um, um, we, we had good teams. I mean, like my my senior year uh, of basketball, high school, we were twenty two and two, made the. Uh, state semis. We lost our first game, won 22 in a row, lost the last game. We were up six points with two minutes left, and our top three guys fouled out. And, <laughs> yeah, those things are just seared in your brain, <laughs> right? you know what I mean? But we, that's all we did. Every day we you know, played basketball, football, we skied. Like Everyone had quads that were just rocks. And, you know, we didn't do anything. There was no partying. There was nothing to, sure. you know, nowhere uh, to party, even if we wanted to. But uh, that's, that's all we knew. So, um, and I... You know, up there we had, um, I remember going to my first Yankee game. I had, I had relatives in New Jersey, so we'd go visit them a lot. And they took me to a Yankee game. I remember being out there and sitting in the right field and um, 10 years old. And my uncle's like, that guy right there, he's our new great player, is Reggie Jackson. <laughs> so I, I'm dating myself so much, but I became a huge Yankee fan. And we got a little bit of Yankees on TV. Um, I remember watching my first Super Bowl was the Steelers and Cowboys and I was like, whoever wins this game, I'll be a big fan of theirs. And Steelers once, I was a huge Steeler fan. Like, genuinely, I, jerseys and yeah. the whole works. So. Good, because you couldn't be a Cowboy fan and then come to Buffalo. It doesn't work Oh, like no. No, no. So, <laughs> well, I back mean, then it did. It, it didn't hit the rivalry back then, right? No, but when that did happen, you yeah. know, with the Super Bowls, I had a, a pre-built-in uh, hatred for them that, that just got worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. Cost me, I have four AFC championship rings. I should have brought them down. But, That's uh, sweet. To, you know, any of them could have been a Super Bowl ring, but uh, I'm so, you know, proud. I'm so lucky to have them because, again, I, I, I hopefully the Bills go and, and get that taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, but given the size of the organization, um, you know, there has to be a cutoff at some point. Back then, it was, you know, if you were full-time, you... Got, really, you got the, you got the ring. That's it. If you're a full-time employee, you get the ring. What yeah. is it? What is it now? Where does it stop at now? I, I don't know. I that's hope, we, I hope we find out. Yeah, really. oh, yeah <laughs> I hope true. we find yeah. out. I hope they find out. Right. You know, I got a lot of good friends there that I've uh, worked so hard, been through those rough years, and I, I love seeing what's you know the Kevin B gangs mm-hmm. and uh, Jim Overdorf and guys like that. I would love for them to to get that taste and but yeah. they they'd be in there. You know, they're at high levels. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a lot of folks. Like we were talking about earlier, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it, it, the league sets the standard for okay, they'll they'll cover 
I don't know if it's a director or whatever. I, after that, it's up to the owners. But mm-hmm. again, be nice to find out. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, where did you go to college then? Houghton, to bring it all the way back. Yep. Houghton College. Houghton uh, College. So I love it there. An hour, hour away. You're familiar with it. Very yep. small. Again, kind of a theme of mine in a small college. Uh, but I loved it. Had a lot of good friends there, and. Um, because we had small class sizes, I was a business major, and um, Professor Dick Hallberg knew that uh, I had an interest in sports. Just I don't even know how. I guess maybe from some private conversations we had offline or whatever. But he said um, he knew your senior year. He every business major they wanted to have an internship in person in Buffalo. Mm. Um, and uh, so it could have been at a bank, it could have been anywhere. But he, I give him credit, he somehow knew enough he said i don i've always been trying to get someone in with the bisons or sabers or bills would you be interested I'm like yeah he goes timing wise the bills would be perfect because it's a fall internship of your senior year and he uh, contacted the bills and the ticket office and they said yeah we'll, we'll interview them again they were experiencing this explosion of popularity that they were trying to keep up with and you know you believe we're going to work them like a dog uh for the first 30 hours you didn't get paid, but it was college credit. Uh, but above and beyond that, it was okay with the college if they you know, oh, paid cool. me hourly, and it was a ton of hours. So that, that's how it worked out um, uh, from Houghton to, mm-hmm. to get that opportunity. And, and uh, I guess I showed just enough that, again, the, those following year, um, they were still needing the help. And, <laughs> and you were willing. I, I was yeah. willing, yeah. Yep. yeah. At least they, they knew what they had. And then 93, you went into the more... Other parts? Yeah, 93 was an interesting year because Bill Polian, the now Hall of Fame GM who I, I loved, um, was, was fired by Mr. Wilson. And um, reasons for that are, and no one could debate the team he built, but there were, there were some conflicts that he had with, with Mr. Wilson. To this day, a lot of people speculate mm. but aren't, aren't exactly sure. But uh, when he got let go, they, they promoted my boss, Jerry Ferran, um, to be VP of administration. He said, Don, I know you have a business background. Would you be willing to come upstairs and work and handle the payables um, and maybe some other things? And I said, of course. So I went from working hourly to finally getting you know health insurance and sure. a salary in 93. I was close to, uh, very close actually, kind of being self uh, retrospective in where I was I'm like my gosh my first four years I, I went to Super Bowls it was great but I was also in the ticket office you're dealing with the public mm-hmm. right there was no internet all the ticket sales were either in person or by phone and if security here and your people lost their tickets they had to buy them again and, and they all thought they could be on the 50 yard line and every day it's kind of a grind and I thought if I walk away now and try to find something else, I will, you know, never regret the experience I had. And I, I, I was actually, you know, having conversations with Amy about that. Um, and then that happened with mm-hmm. Bill Polian and getting that opportunity. And it was like a whole fresh, um, you know, now I was handling uh, tables. I was upstairs in the actual admin building yeah. and uh, getting to know people even more, but more importantly, earning a, a livable wage. Uh, uh, still a lot of hours, um, but um, you know that went to uh, 1999, 2000 when Tom Donahoe came, and uh, he he came in, and of course you, Bills fans remember it's in the book, but uh, we were in terrible salary cap situation, and we had all these high priced 
uh, Hall of Fame veterans mm-hmm. that were past their peaks, and he came in and knew he had to be the bad guy. So on one day, like I think it was a Monday or Friday, whatever it was, Black Friday, Black Monday, he cut you know Andre everybody Reed, Bruce Smith and Thurman Thomas. Just uh, so he had a salary cap to work with, and it was ugly. And um, I mean, I think deep down, Bills fans kind of knew it had to happen, but it was still tough to see and watch those guys play in other uniforms. Yeah. It was just the the disdain towards the organization was that was not tactful uh, right. because a lot of those guys in that time frame were told via their own tv oh. like the bottom ticker <laughs> yeah yeah they found out like oh that they were just caught and they're just like what are you talking about and their phone rings and they're just yep. like oh i guess it's i don't have a job mm-hmm. yeah like it's ridiculous yeah so i think some of it's from that yeah. oh yeah the way you find out matters you know yeah. you want to be told directly but Things in that time were starting, you know, news, news was starting to travel more quickly with the advent of the internet and everything. But um, so when Tom came in, he, he realized that, okay, salary cap, if we're going to be competitive, we have to rebuild. We have to get this thing under control. So he, he I worked directly for Jim Overdorf, and um, he was handling, you know, workers' comp and things like that. He had a full load. So he said, Jim, I need you to laser focus on the salary cap. And, and he goes, what that'll mean, obviously, is you need to, you know, delegate some of your mm-hmm. uh, uh, responsibilities to, you know, it was me. It was right underneath them. So um, workers' comp came to me, some some travel, some things like that, just to help Jim. Uh, it's not all he did, but he was able to really, he was excellent at it and work with Tom and, and try to uh, rebuild the team um, with a, a restructured salary cap. Yeah. And so that was a great opportunity for me. Tom, knowing that he gave me a chance to, I, I went from being in the business side to being uh, in football administration. It was like manager, and then a, a few years later was director of football administration, which is the title I had until I, I was there until 2017. And essentially, meaning um, the you know the people I worked with, the trainers, the coaches, the, the scouts, um, video, they were all experts in their field they were all basically the talent so whatever i could do to help uh you know take take something off of their workload administratively so they can concentrate on what they were brought in for their specialists um was ideally helping helping us be a more efficient football team and and putting me more in on the football side not not a decision maker not a talent evaluator you know i had john guy who's in the book um uh, as, as you recall, he uh, he wanted me to come in and you know, watch film and everything. And I'm like, John, I, I'm really busy. I appreciate that. I know you have my best interests in mind. But I also realize if I get into that, the, you know, being a, a talent evaluator and watch, those are the guys that their necks are out there. Mm-hmm. They're the first to go. Oh, yeah. And it'll take me a long time to be really good at it. And I, I, believe me, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I know it's not very exciting, but I love working with you and everything. I so um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't ever really try to get in, into that side of you know, deep into football like that. Yeah. Well, what's kind of what you were just talking about, but what's also fascinating within the book is you. I think within the first fifty pages or something, you state. NFL teams and like sports organizations in general are a business, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't have that perspective when they look at pro sports. Right. So when you were talking in one of the chapters about workers' comp, mm-hmm. I never even thought that any injury is a workers' comp claim. Right. That had to be unbearable. Horrible. I, I, I can't even pretend that I miss any of it. And that's the thing. <laughs> any, uh, as much as a great experience I had with the Bills, yeah, any injury 
sustained if they're working out and they pull something if they're you know in the weight room practice um uh, obviously a game mm-hmm. is a claim and a claim uh above and beyond the, the legal side of it that means that i had to get billed from the doctors for the x-ray the mri the evaluation of the mri um surgery if there was surgery mm-hmm. the rehab <clears throat> and i had to work with our um claim carrier in Dallas, submit all these claims, had to do it in a HIPAA-compliant way. Mm. Uh, And then, I mentioned here, in 2011, the concussion settlement happened, so all the players, agents, um, former players were were requesting, the players' union was telling them to request their medical records, so we had them in like two different places, and had to merge them, and and put them in a PDF, they had to be encrypted, send a separate password, repeat, like, uh, all of it. So, when I watch games, and I mean, I hated seeing players get hurt for the obvious reasons for our team. Sure. I mean, we just, but I also, I also knew what that meant yeah, right. <laughs> work-wise for me. Oh, my gosh. So. so if they go down on the field, do you immediately start working on the paperwork? Or no. Or do you wait I, until after the game? I just know what's coming. Yeah, okay. I, I just know what's coming. Yeah. Really, you know, it's, I don't have to really do anything until you start getting that um, first wave of bills, which they don't hesitate to send. But then, you know, you have the working with the, the attorneys and um, – you know, my boss, Jim Overdorf, <coughs> did the, the grievances. So, in other words, if, if a player had a torn MCL, um, he would be entitled to pay where the agent's going to say, well, he should get five weeks, and the medical doctors are saying, well, he really could come back in three and be ready. We're going to cut him after this. So he'd negotiate, and, okay, it's going to be a four-week settlement. Hmm. Agents fight for, you know, more, and the team is trying to save money. It's not even always the money, really. It's it's the salary cap sure. because that, that salary counts, and... You know, if you're pressed, um, it all comes into play. You know, if you have those scenarios repeated so many times, all you know, weeks, all, all add up cumulatively to, to be a problem. Mm-hmm. So, so you're handling all of that, mm-hmm. and then you're also handling travel. Yeah, which encompasses everybody from equipment, yeah. obviously the players, the coaches, the training staff. And then who else is involved in that? But outside of personnel, um, big picture things, you have all the moving logistics. Where is the team staying? How are they getting from point A to point B? What happens when they land from point A to point B? He's twitching as we're talking about. <laughs> what about what about food? Yeah, well, we was had, that on you too? Uh, no, no. Uh, my my responsibilities boiled down to mostly the flight. Um, the manifest, who was traveling, who wasn't. We, we had a hired gun, as I call him, Bill Harpole, who actually used to work for the Broncos. He got so good at travel, the Broncos let him go, that he started his own business mm. um, working for the, the Dolphins and some other teams and, and the Colorado teams. But he committed to working for us year after year, and he would come in and make sure we had the right, negotiate the, the plane, the charter for the season, um, and that basically it showed up on time every week so uh then gail zolinski who worked for jim overdorf she would handle the hotels back like as soon as the schedule came out in april she would um you know look at the the road games we knew the opponents we knew where but we know the dates until mm-hmm. april and she would call you know all the hotels there and uh that that were potential you know stays in terms of meeting room space and everything and uh and start getting them to kind of bid against each other. Um, so I didn't have to do, like, in terms of even, the, I remember being at a, a, uh, the league travel meetings once where all the travel 
coordinators were there, uh, which Brandon Bean was actually at. He did that for the the Panthers. Hmm. Uh, it's funny to think back. I mean, that's, that was a pathway he had. He actually did that. And he was like a chairman. or, or you, know, say, oh, he, you could already tell he had leadership sure. uh, um, qualities. But uh, I remember the Cowboys talking about, we stayed at this one hotel and they charged us X number of dollars for bottled water. We're never staying there again. I'm like, you're the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and the price of bottled water was a difference maker for you to stay. Like, uh, But you know, it's just funny to think you think they just have money to throw away. Sure, but, yeah. you know, well, that's uh, how they stay rich. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> it's what you don't spend, right? Is yep. a big part of it. But um, so my my main responsibilities didn't come until we got a bit closer to the game, working with Gail and making sure um, we had everyone accounted for, that we had their date of births, that they got through the no fly list. Um, John Murphy. Uh, we got a, a scare from him. He, he oh, he's on the no fly list. Well, wow, John, what'd you do? It was different John Murphy, but still, we had to, <laughs> yeah, sure, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so you you can't have a mistake. You can't get there to the airport, the hangar, and say, and all of a sudden, some guy's getting on the plane that we just didn't know about. Mm-hmm. So preseason was a nightmare because, as you mentioned, all the all the staffs, the, the trainers, and equipment uh, for preseason because you have 90 players rather than 53. You also have extra of all those guys, sure. and like you try to talk to them, who's coming, who's coming, get us their information, and they were great for the most part. But every once in a while, something would slip through the cracks, and it just it, it, it was ugly. So I had to do the seating chart also, in coordination with the head coach, mm-hmm. and they always had different ideas. You know, some said we want the players in the back. You know, the veterans have their own row. So now, if a veteran, what do you call a veteran? Okay, five years or more. If he's got his own row, it's it's you know th- three. Depending on what plane we took, was the distance you know seven forty seven or seven sixty seven? It was three and with an aisle in the middle. Mm-hmm. You'd say, okay, if guys five years or more experience get their own row rather than just you know Jesus. a window empty seat, and so that obviously uh, ten rows of that means that. Above that, you're going to have all this cramming. So then you had rookies sitting together, and no matter whether they were a 170-pound receiver or a 320-pound <laughs> offensive lineman, they were all like this. Sorry, you guys are rookies, you know. Uh, and then staff was all crammed together. So when the when the roster got cut down to the 53, you know, you felt like you had all the space in the world. Almost virtually everyone had a seat open next to them, you know, yeah. on, on the plane. But the preseason, uh, just another example of why. And, and plus, it's your, your, your preseason. You're usually working with different people mm-hmm. and getting to sell. It was, it, was, it was it was a grind. But they say, metaphorically, uh, you know, a plane uses eighty percent of its fuel at takeoff. You know, that's kind of how it is. So once uh, once you you get into almost cruise control, once you get into the regular mm-hmm. season with it. But um, you know, it's still my responsibility to help make sure every every game. I was the first one there with the per diem envelopes and the cash and and uh, making sure that. TSA knew that we, yes, he's supposed to be on our plane. Yeah, um, and well, coming you, back as well. You told a funny story about that in the book about the the rookies and how you it was kind of like a initiation type thing where you said that you didn't have their paperwork or something like that, <laughs> and then they would give them apoplexy because they thought that they would not be able to make the flight. Well, yeah, it, it's it's and um, they we never did it with rookie players, but we did it with rookie. Um, like some of the interns or, or that that were, were new to the team, um, yeah. So and, and going way back to you know John Butler being the GM, um, yeah, they messed with them. It was it was just cruel. I almost couldn't even look. Uh, but they would tell them 
they would get to the airport and they're nervous to begin with. They're all dressed up and, and they would say, um, you know, a, a security guard would go up to them and say, hey, you got your boarding pass right? There was no boarding pass. Yeah. <laughs> they were accounted for. They had a seat on the plane with their name on it. And they were like, uh, they got all nervous. No, sir. And well, well, it was left on your desk yesterday. It wasn't left. Right. So, and now, now there's this poor kid is thinking. Unfortunately, it never happened to me. Another thing did in the book, which which uh, uh, I know you read. We'll leave that one. But um, you'd watch these kids thinking. All I had to do was, uh, I, I just I, whether I'm here, you know, with the Bills. At least I wanted was had hopes of having an NFL career, mm-hmm. and. I just blew it for something so stupid because I, I'm appearing to be unprepared and it wasn't even their fault. Like, I, oh, I felt so terrible. I was squirming. Like, they thought they ruined everything. And, you know, so John Butler would mess with them and the security guard. I, I'd like to think they knew these young guys enough that they knew which ones had the fortitude to be able to not just collapse sure. in a pile of their, you know, their own urine <laughs> on the ground. But um, no matter what, they were always nervous, and he's like, okay, John Butler, the security guard would take him to him and say, uh, this young man didn't bring his boarding pass, and John would look at him sternly and be like, young man, this is the NFL, you must always be prepared, and we'll see what we can do. And So, all right, go with the security guard, stay right behind him, don't make eye contact with anyone, and maybe you'll be okay, but but uh, next time, <laughs> and he, he just it was so painful. Oh, no. Watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that was one of the one of the other stories in there that I, I told, um, and I'm glad you asked because a big part of, of the narrative is whether or not we'd be able to, how, how, would we be able to get everyone to, de- to Detroit for the mm-hmm. road game, you know, two days after the storm, really one day after the storm. Uh, so the stories I told, I, I, I tried to keep them, I didn't want to go on too many tangents, but I, it provided an opportunity for me to tell some of the, the stories that happened when the team traveled because it was sort of still in that orbit you know what I mean? Sure. Um, so I, I didn't feel like I was I was taking people on too much of a you know. All of a sudden they're wait where are we now? No, I, mm-hmm. they were about traveling on the road, and there's a few more of them in there that I, I enjoyed writing. I wondered if I'd ever have a chance to share them. They were too good not to share. Sure, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. So everybody that's watching can probably see that the title of the book is called Thunder Snow of Buffalo. Do you want to give like a brief? I obviously don't recite all 300 pages, but like a brief <laughs> synopsis of what the book is about. Yeah, I wasn't going to give you a pop quiz. I, I love talking here before the show about some of the things you remember from it. I appreciated that. But So the book is about, um, I mean, for starters, it's about the 2006 October storm. So I guess the easy way to say it is if, if you're from Buffalo uh, and you experienced it, certainly you understand why it merits a book to be written about it. It's by multiple measures the most destructive storm in Buffalo's history, uh, rivaled only by one exactly 100 years earlier. How crazy is Does that? Is it right? scary that one's going to happen in the 30s now? Because that's uh, when the next one happened after that, right? <laughs> I haven't thought that far ahead, but um, uh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, I guess I should, but. Um, so if you're not from Buffalo, I mean, if, if you know about its snowy reputation and you hear that you know it's the worst, most damaging storm in their history, hopefully that's enough to intrigue you. And yeah, the elements of you know the bills and some other things. Uh, so far, the reception has been beyond my wildest dreams, yeah. and uh, I'm, we're still just getting rolling, you know. And so I, I love this opportunity to uh, you guys really. Have Officially, the first uh, people I've talked to in this in this format. All right, you know? look, look at that. that. You are. So, if you want to get a copy, it's available 
on Amazon, on right? Amazon. And there's a link in our description. If you want to click on that, you can go directly to that page and buy it. Awesome. So far, it has been an amazing book. And I wanted to pick your brain on when did, like, you were talking a little bit about your experiences with the Bills and specifically for that flight going to Detroit and mm-hmm. trying to coordinate all that. There's a lot of stuff before that, like buses and trying to get players to mm-hmm. the, the stadium and all that. Was it difficult to calibrate? everything that you wanted to include into this book because not only did you have the bills but you also had personal destruction that happened to your home yeah well how how was it calibrating everything um the easy answer is to say that thankfully what what makes this book work is that i have over 50 contributors to mm. um so while my story of like you said um you know we were uh, caught off guard we you know took a treat to the the roof um our basement flooded we were out without power for eight days just like so many other people Mm -hmm. um and i you know i had this question about whether i could personally make it to the airport and serve my role um you know with the team as they needed me to do uh and then less importantly but still hopefully interesting is you know having friends come a week later that had made their trip it wasn't as easy to cancel flights and everything and come here and it i'll leave that as suspense Mm -hmm. but that was um but in terms of all of those other details about making sure that the book offers a uh, most, you know, a full account of all those things, uh, I am just so fortunate to have the contributions of, of 50 people plus, and, and including so many from the Bills organization that were so willing to talk to me, almost excited mm-hmm. to talk about it, and they they filled in all those gaps you know John Guys and Debbie Driscoll's and um, and, and so many others uh, Joe Frandinas that uh, had had their own roles and remember their own experiences in terms of same thing they, they had their own personal damage could I get there you know and it, it, luckily if if folks were that worked there were south of Orchard Park um on the fringes, they they didn't have a hard time getting in. So it was everyone Orchard Parker North that mm-hmm. it was it was a crapshoot. You know, I, I definitely couldn't get in short of a helicopter, sure. except for you know what what uh, a hero neighbor of ours um, it was able to do for us there. But uh, I feel like, and I've I've read it multiple times, mostly for for editing reasons and wanting to make sure that things were phrased in a way that. I knew it might be challenging to have this running narrative of my story and then all of a sudden go to something from the Bills or go to something from, you know, we have that one, all the weather, uh, the red meat of the weather chapter, Aaron Mikowski, Don Paul, Mm -hmm. and Patrick Hammer, and Chesney McDeal, who Billy had interviewed when he was back in Buffalo back in, like, 07, and he still had it. Really? So we were able to throw that in as a bonus. We actually have four meteorologists who all admit how they missed it and what they were doing and how they had trouble getting the studio and that, you know, that's all in there but um, to answer your question uh, in terms of the full account it's you know it's just thankful for, uh, thankful to all the contributors from the bills that were able to you know and then and then it was our job once we had this information to sit down and compose it you know kind of chronologically um, to, to, to flow and I'm getting great feedback about how my worry was you know am I going to lose them when I come back but the the I tribute to the um, the publishers. They used like different fonts and formats when someone else is speaking. Yeah. So when you know it's over and it comes back to home base, it's back to the traditional mm-hmm. you know font and um, 
and I, we told them that's going to be critically important. And uh, they spent a lot of time uh, with their design team, um, with Billy and I watching to you know back and forth to make sure that uh, they accomplished it. And the feedback I'm getting is that it it, it does that. So we're we're thankful because that that could have just had people like, oh, what's going on? Uh, yeah, because there's so many different accounts. There. Right. So you started this back in 2008, correct? Right. Yeah. Right. And How far did you get in that first initial? Well, we're dumb. It's funny, and as we're sitting here um, at my street, the house behind your left shoulder, which you don't trust me, it's over there, is where Billy lived. So okay. he was a, he was a, he was a teenager, and we didn't have all these fences. And he had family on our street, so he used to cut back and forth all the time. We we got to know him as a family friend, and he and uh, he actually knew my daughters and. Um, so after the storm happened, and I'm not positive, it might have even been as early as 2007, but I want to say, oh, wait, for some reason, um, he started telling me these stories that happened to him. And, and I said, oh, well, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just talking to some guys at the Bills and, you know, players that just couldn't believe it. And, and he almost flippantly said, oh, yeah, we might have a book on our hands. Oh, okay. So... Um, I didn't want to invest too much time knowing that it might that wouldn't come to fruition. But I thought, at the very least, I, I, I like the guy so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna collect some stories from from guys at, at you know players and coaches. He's gonna have himself a heck of a, a school research project, sure. right? Combined with what he has, so we yeah we probably came up with 30, 40 pages, and uh, not enough for a book, but it um, you know it life happened. Just kind of sat there you know different things happened so it was last summer uh, and not to get ahead of of where you think we should be here but it was last summer um, in August um, and I'm going through the my my files and and I came across some of the stories and my gosh these stories are great and um, I thought oh next year will be the the 15th year anniversary Um, and then I thought, huh, I kind of had a light bulb moment. And I thought, I wonder if I could, if we could resurrect, resurrect this project, but I'm going to need some heavy hitters. So mm-hmm. I, I kept, I've been keeping in touch with Marv periodically in Chicago. That was his first year back as GM. So I, what the heck? I'm going to ask him what he remembers about it and um, tell him I'm writing a book or thinking about mm-hmm. writing a book. And um, I mean, his response couldn't have been more gracious. He said, Don, I, you know, I don't remember all the details, but I, you know, I certainly remember this. And he gave me some you read it you see like a general overview about what he was told about buffalo before he got here and about how he liked to use weather to his advantage just gold and i say marv i'm gonna ask you is it okay if if this book goes forward can i use that as the forwards oh my gosh absolutely and you know any other questions you have and um so to say that i leverage that would be an understatement so (laughs) now i'm like all right billy so i called him and i said before you answer i called him i said you want to finish what we started here? I said, before you answer, let me tell you what, what I've got in hand. And I told him, he's like, oh, my gosh. He said, I was going to say yes before that. <laughs> but <laughs> you got you. So, yeah, that's amazing. So we, um, so he goes, let me get at it. We're going to go get all the meteorologists. And I said, look, I got a, and a police commander that was in charge of 102 miles of the thruway, Mike Negrelli. Um, I have a great insurance contact. Let, let's ask them all boldly and let them know. You know, we've got Marv lent his name to our efforts and and um, obviously that kind of um, it was a catalyst yeah. for sure you yeah. know and the mayor I, I told him uh, the mayor was actually one that I shared the forward with I said here's what he's gonna write um, and uh, I didn't hear back from him and, and you know there was a lot of stuff going on last summer of 2020 but um, I uh, 
finally, I, I said, if you are interested in com- contributing something, I, I would. Our deadline is, I don't know what day it was, say October 1st or something mm-hmm. like that. And so I got a call on October 1st from a Buffalo number I didn't recognize. And I think I picked it up, or I probably picked it up. Um, because of all the seeds we planted, there were phone numbers that I thought, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to get some numbers. And I might, I wouldn't normally, but I'm going to. Sure. If it's a tele- telemarketer, whatever. But uh, it was it was Lori Schultz, the deputy communications director for the mayor. She goes, Don, I'm just finally getting back to you here. The mayor would like to be in the book. He would. The storm meant a lot to him. The way it was you know, within the first couple of years of his administration, um, and would really like to make a contribution. And uh, I, and she goes, Is tomorrow okay? I'm like. Next week's okay. No, no, no. I'm gonna say tomorrow. If I say next week, it'll be next week. Sure. So sure enough, you know, next day she sent me this great statement that he sent, and so now I've got Marvin, I got the mayor, mm-hmm. I've got two out of the three local, actually, two out of the three local meteorologists. Um, I, I had trouble with 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 Channel Four because I, I just had trouble reaching them, which is fine. We were just going through their. <laughs> I didn't know these guys. I was going through their general emails, and they were gracious enough to. Um, you know, I'd certainly like to talk weather, and sure. uh, yeah, and given what I already had, again, um, and then uh, for Channel Four, so I, I wanted all three. I wanted to be able to say we had meteorologists mm-hmm. from all three stations. It just sounded better. Sure. I, I don't know. It, it, it meant a lot to us for some reason. So um, I remember John Murphy worked at, at Channel Four. Let me just see what he can do. And I, he called. I called him, and he said, "Oh my gosh, absolutely." He says, "My personal memory of the storm isn't that dramatic. I was south of Orchard Park. I couldn't believe what I was hearing was going up on there." But he goes, "You know, when I got there, I realized what a huge problem it was. But fortunately, my home was fine." But um, he said, "What if I, you know, got Don Paul for you?" I'm like, "Oh, be fantastic!" Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> You're like, I have to, yeah. And he goes, "Just get ready, because he, he goes, I'll, I'll, I'll set the table for you. He'll, he'll love to talk about it, but be a fast note taker." He goes, "It's got to be by you know phone, phone, not Zoom." Or, and uh, sure enough, I, I, I think I kept my notes somewhere. It was the. I, it was the worst writing I ever had. And I'm like, what? Oh, it's probably so important. I can't read my own writing. <laughs> so, and I finally tried to type it. Does that make sense? And um, he uh, obviously gave us, you know, his personal experience, um, thinking there would be something there, but having no clue of the enormity of it and getting caught and the power going out, realizing he was going to be spending the mm-hmm. whole night there. And um, a funny story there at the end when he had to go to. Uh, the next year, he went to the National Weather Conference in Denver, I think it was. And first thing they asked, Don Paul from Buffalo here, Don Paul. And he raised his hand, get up here. you got to tell us what happened in Buffalo this year. We all we can't believe. You know? So he got so up there and shared it. Uh, and there's a lot more in the chapter, but it's, it's the one chapter of real red meat mm-hmm. and so we thought chapter five we'd make sense we kind of set the table with my narrative and, and the folks from the bills and um built a little suspense but then had the weather chapter here and then my fear was when i was setting up the the the, the chapter titles which means something i mean mm-hmm. some people you know, look at the cover which i can't wait to talk to you about by your, your buddy <laughs> or our buddy oh, yeah. um but um <clears throat> the you know if someone's deciding they're on the fence i I wanted them to, okay, here's that chapter all about weather. You know, what happens then? So I had the money quote um, where uh, one coach asked a player, hey, have you looked out the window, you dumbass? (laughs) (laughs) If anybody's worried about, you know, is this book going to get entertaining again after, in case they're not a weather geek, uh, that that was there to to signal, like, hey, there's a lot more coming, folks. And I've I've been told that... uh, 
that um, yeah, it's an entertaining um, uh, lure back in yeah. book in case in case someone was. Um, you know, thinking of that's why I think that well, you're the perfect person to write this book because you had so many experiences that all tie back into this. Like if somebody wrote the book about the storm, it would be entertaining, but not for a majority of people because there's people outside of, of Buffalo that'd be like, yeah, sure, like that's that's cool, that that's a crazy storm, a historic storm, but I don't know anybody involved. Hmm. You start interviewing these players and these rookies and these coaches and meteorologists. Now everybody has something to relate to. They're like, oh. I do remember Fred Jackson. Like he was a huge part of Buffalo, and now he's in this book. That's awesome. Let me go read it. Cool. So I think that you were the per- perfect person to write something like this. Oh, thank you, thank you. And again, it, it, I needed uh, um, their cooperation, and you know, a lot of these guys I had relationships with. Some of them I, I didn't, but you know, just posing the question, um, I, I knew them all to, to some degree. Mm-hmm. I knew some better than others. I was you know close with Brian Mormon and Ryan Lindell and Fred, uh, but some of the other guys, well. Um, those, oh, those humans still... are legends, by the way. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that was real casual, but those human beings are like well, absolute legends. Uh, uh, thank you. And you know what? I, and sometimes I get hung up on thinking. I remember my my memory from those. You know, the mid two thousands where fans got frustrated with the team being this team that was kind of a tease, where they had talent, yeah. you know the seven and nines could have should have a couple games mm-hmm. here and there. And now that was it. Look, we're, we're the Titans. Yeah, right. Seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine, uh, yeah. eight and eight. But you forget, I mean, there was a lot of talent in those teams. Like now, mm-hmm. thank goodness, and the Bills are, are this is wonderful how great they are. And they got all this talent, and, and, and uh, I just hope it keeps going on. But I, I, and I shouldn't be apologetic about it because those teams did, like you said, I love hearing that, they did have a, a lot of talent and characters and, mm-hmm. you know, the Marchands. And, and, um, but uh, yeah, they were just you know, great guys. And, and as you can see in the book, when they, they lend their stories, they, they do it, and they do it in such a candid way. You know what they were thinking, how they were caught off guard, and Angela Crowell talking about. Yeah, we would never call my mother at you know two a.m., but I couldn't believe what I was <laughs> calling to. I, I came my. I don't even. This is an out of body experience, and so many of those <laughs> and, accounts. So. And that was the crazy thing because we've been here thirty years, and there's obviously nothing that's come close in, in you and I's yeah. lifetime to that storm. But it wasn't just like oh, it's a lot of snow. Right. It was the snowballs were so large (laughs) that were falling from the sky like the snowflakes rather they were just they were actual balls and then there was purple lightning like there were aspects about the storm (laughs) that happened that no one really can understand just by hearing all buffalo just got buried literally by snow yeah and that's it but it was the whole thing was different where everybody was getting a phone call to can you help me shovel off my roof and then you get to the person's house, and the snow's up to the person's roof. Like <laughs> yeah. ran- ranch homes were legitimately under yeah. snow from a snowdrift, and yeah. that was normal to dig like five feet down to get to the roof of someone's house. Well, and by the way, all the you know trees with their leaves on them were all buried in with live power lines somewhere, mm. probably. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just talked to a guy at the West Seneca Chamber of Commerce. This is not in the book, but if I it would have been, but he was saying he got caught off guard. They had a uh, they went to the movies again, totally unsuspecting, and um, <laughs> had to abandon their car two houses away, or, you know, two house, or streets away from their house. And um, his wife was behind him. They were trying to walk in like spots that he was creating. <laughs> and this is cruel. He 
with the power lines down, he pretended he got electrocuted. That's <laughs> like, why I said, yeah, she was like, oh, you. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, God's going to really do it to me now because yeah, really. I deserve that to put her through that. Yeah, but, it's uh, the ultimate dad joke. Yeah, really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So on the, I asked him if I could use it on our website when at some point uh, I'm hoping to reward re- readers for you know things that would have been in the book if I knew about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's rich with stories, don't get me wrong, like you're bringing up, but... Um, uh, some of those things to, to, to keep things going, but uh, yeah, no, it's um, the, the the trees were a huge problem. You know, mm-hmm. fifty five thousand trees lost, and when you get deep in the book, you'll read about a guy who, you know, found a way to gather volunteers to to not only get it cleaned up but get them replanted. And you, you talk to a lady, Therese Fort Barnes, who found a way to take the, take the tree carcasses and turn them into carvings of famous Buffalonians and. Um, and those are the accounts that I, I can't even believe I have. And, and Paul Maurer, uh, the, the, who retrieved Western New York um, a couple days ago before my daughter's wedding, wrote me an email. I said, Don, I, I couldn't put the book down. He goes, I'm so excited. And he's very well connected. So uh, we're going to have lunch or something this week and uh, just talk about how to. I'm, I'm sort of, again, with, with you guys, it almost feels like an official <laughs> media launch. But uh, he, he's excited to help me uh, to do more. Um, but it made me feel good that someone who contributed so much in that chapter, um, number one, appreciated the context that I had him in and the fact that Billy and I, in a Zoom call, um, you know, portrayed his words accurately. And we, we added our own take about his words. And it wasn't just, you know, his words straight through. Mm-hmm. It was broken up and a lot of quotes but uh, the fact that he liked the book meant, meant a lot and that he wants to kind of take a ride with it Yeah. You know? did you have any people that you reached out to that were either reluctant to give their response or maybe their response was a little bit too heavy that you didn't want to include uh, great great question and it, it, it um, makes me think about the one real panic I had with, with the book and we had settled on after writing and composing from August all the way to December. We had seven publishers that we were interviewing. We got down to three that were legitimate. They were all competitive. And, and Archway, we, it was really important for us to get the book out by the summer mm-hmm. because I wanted, you know, it, it, the book is not predicated on the 15th year anniversary on October 13th, but it, I know it's going to get a lot of, of, of press mm-hmm. uh, from the Aaron Mikowski's people like that, and I, I, I want the book to be along for the ride. So I wanted to get the book out by the summer to have a soft open, and um, anything that it would would impede that timeline, so it would be problematic. And, and Archway was the only one that said, barring something unforeseen, we can get it to you by June. The other was other ones were like maybe October mm, we can't do it yeah. so that was a difference maker for us to sign up with them but so we're, we're it was January we, we did the contract um, and they said ah our, our legal department says that you need written consent from every contributor written consent oh, okay I understand the premise of this but mm-hmm. what does written consent mean and I'm thinking okay some form that I have to scan and email and they have to print and it has to be notarized and they sign it and the witness and they send it back and I'm like alright Marv's a smart guy and but supposing this, this doesn't go well with him uh, things are just going to be mm-hmm. derailed and, or, or maybe at least just um, 
delayed and and what if half the people are wait a minute written consent what does that mean so like i i lost sleep Mm -hmm. so i said hold on we got to talk about this so i said what about and generally everyone that contributed was, seemed really happy to contribute, but still, I don't know. You almost add this little legal part to sure, it. Yeah, like, people ah, get nervous. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is there a reason? You know. So, I said, "What about for the people that we corresponded by email?" I have I have their email chain saved, and it's basically me saying, "Hey, I'm writing a book. I know you were there." Can you share with me your experiences? And they say, hey, Don, it's great you're writing a book. Yeah, here's my experience. I, I was like, how could you not? Can, can you see that in context, like the, the intent there mm-hmm. to constitute written consent? And they're like, oh, let's check with the legal department. Like, oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> so another couple days go by. I'm still checking to see. And finally, they're like, uh, they said, send me some as an example. I said, oh, so I did. And they're like, finally, yep, that's fine. Oh, yeah. good. So uh, for people that we had phone conversations with, first of all, I knew they would contribute. I, I just said, hey, and I sent you an email just saying, do you consent to have your words used uh, in the book? Mm-hmm. And boom. Yes, I have my Done. And I, I would send that email for the email. to the, And so of the 51 contributors, I, I was able to... Um, I think get forty seven or forty eight. Oh, wow. There's only three, and I think out of outside the context of the book, I can tell you that the only reason I only had one person that decided, well, just don't. Two people said, "Use my story, but not my name." Nope, mm-hmm. No problem. Sure. Still a great story. Uh, so I, I was thinking, how how to what extent can I describe this person to not give away mm-hmm. their identity, but still have it be you know this is what they did. Um, and, and Jeremy Kelly at the Bills helped me with this because there was some people who were like Keith Ellison, John DiGiorgio, and guys who I hadn't talked to forever. I didn't know where they were. And he helped me track them down. And they, and, and they were, oh, my gosh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely use it. So uh, I owe Jeremy Kelly at the Bills a, a big thanks. Um, but the only ones I couldn't get, and, and they're unnamed in here, but I think I'm going to go out on a limb and give them to you on oh, your podcast. Oh, no <laughs> was, was Turk Schoner. He was the coach that experienced uh, Hurricane Katrina with the Saints the year before oh, okay. and compared the two. So, okay, it's not Jeez. in the book, but I'm telling you verbally. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. other veteran running back was Anthony Thomas, who I couldn't, but he hmm. said the same thing. He was from Louisiana and said, worst storm you'd ever experienced, scariest storm you'd ever experienced. I know if I could reach them, they would be fine telling me sure, that, yeah, but yeah. legally I can't. But hey, I'm just telling you. There you go. That works. <laughs> yeah. So it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like this is the first book that's about Buffalo by Buffalonians for Buffalonians. That's what you guys do. That's why I was so happy to talk to mm-hmm. you. Uh, I was so impressed with, with um, you know, your podcast and how how it's, it's uh, you know, originated from, you know, with, with the distilleries, the, mm-hmm. the bars, and, and guys just getting together and having conversations Absolutely. about all things Buffalo. And uh, so I appreciate that. Yeah, it's – I didn't – I knew there were a lot of people that kind of helped, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that there was 47 different accounts. I mean, that's – Named. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, yeah. But it makes sense because it was a ridiculous storm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so talking about the title, Thunder, Snow of Buffalo, did oh. you toss around any other names? Is there a significance behind that other than you just wanted <sighs> the point to get across? My wife – was I mean when she thinks about that storm we talked about the blue lightning mm-hmm. and we saw it everyone saw it it was something you hope you never see again in your life she was convinced that it should be thunder snow and blue lightning and it I was like okay yeah 
but that, I, I thought it's, it's nice, it's catchy, but I think the blue lightning is going to have people outside that didn't experience it maybe scratching their heads so yeah because i saw purple so i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> no, no. i'm colorblind so i don't know what you guys are talking about oh now we're splitting here <laughs> was in that family oh it's funny so she was adamant about it and i thought yeah it's a, it's a good candidate but um i i billy and i really thought Hey, we're we're all in on this. We really thought it was important to have Buffalo in the title mm-hmm. for for it to come up in more searches. Quite honestly, as simple as that. And when we had Thundersnow of Buffalo, hey, wait a minute, kind of has a little flow to it, doesn't it? It's kind of memorable. Mm-hmm. Thundersnow of Buffalo. People can. Uh, so we'll, I told my wife we're going to go with that as the title, but Thundersnow and Blue Lightning will be a chapter title. And I compromise. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, a marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're lying. <laughs> uh, and um, so I told uh, our awesome mutual friend, cover designer, um, I said, Tom, make the make the blue lightning on the cover really prominent. And he did it. I'm like, more, more blue. Almost like in uh, in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody when he's coming up <laughs> higher, higher, like, more blue. Yeah. There's a lot of blue and more blue, more blue. It was supposed to be blue lightning, but let's at least visually. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, oh, my. I can picture Tom just sitting there in front of his computer like, this guy's mad. Like, he's just mad. I, just, I can't go any more blue. Like, I don't, how do you want me to fix this? <laughs> it was kind of like that, yeah. It really, but, but he even admitted, he goes, all right, all right no, I get it. It, it. it looked good. And even he was a little critical of his cover. I said, Tom, you, another thing, I know you're going to ask me about it, Derek, because you guys are both, you know, friends mm-hmm. with them. But um, another, th- you know, when Archway said we, we wanted it out by June, they said the only part that, you know, it might might hang you up a little bit is the cover. You know, we're real particular about our cover. Our name's on that book, too. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, but I, said, I know we got a winning cover. I, and I, I know it. And um, so I sent them the original version and it wasn't even this blue yet but still <laughs> and they're like you know what you guys are good really nice right away and wow. they, I mean they came back and said okay it needs more pixels and it needs to be formatted into mm-hmm. ours and right Tom got a little bit frustrated for like a day uh, you know for you know, uh, yeah <laughs> oh you can imagine some of the stuff he said but really uh, <laughs> that was it that was what you know that was the cover thanks to him and everyone yeah. that has seen it said the same thing but including the people at archway mm-hmm. they were even like showing people around like mm-hmm. holy cow look at this the, the author had his own cover produced and look at it like that's right so that's awesome yeah so you went hardcover and you also went soft cover, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. Are both of those options available online? They are. Okay. They're both available online. Um, it's a really quality paperback. It's paperback book. It's mm-hmm. tight. They set the prices, um, and I thirty-seven ninety-five for the hardcover, um, and nineteen ninety-nine for the paperback. But uh, neither has been a deterrent whatsoever. Yeah. I'm selling uh, like equal amount of the two, and I think going back to the cover. I mean that's like coffee table worthy. Absolutely, hundred percent. That's that's people like they're going to read it, but they're going to have that. And it's going to be a talking point and mm-hmm. something they're proud to have on there. So they're you know that the price doesn't scare them at all. So you know. is there like a set amount that you have available, or are they always able to print print more? I well the printing press, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's uh, well they they print them. It's interesting too because I. Um, they print them in all different parts of the country. So, like, hmm. I, my sister lives in Seattle, and she bought them on Amazon. I was going to send her one if she would have asked, but she, she, and it took like two weeks or something. But everyone else has taken like two days, and um, so 
I purchased 250 books. Okay. And I, I'm almost out. Wow. I'm almost out. It's a, I, I'm getting ready to talk to Billy about a second purchase here. Um, now I, I'm sending them to, uh, you know, I, I wanted you to have them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm sending them to contributors I want, sure. as a thank you, hoping that each contributor, when I send them a book, and this is kind of the way it's playing out, becomes like an ambassador for the book. Sure. Um, uh, Mike Negrelli, the police officer, called me today, and he was on the phone for a half hour, just rattling off all these great stories. He made me promise to tell the story about Paul Lancaster and I getting pulled into picture taking duty for the within the coach. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. Oh my god, that was hilarious. Yeah, because he because he he could hear that story a hundred times. He goes, Don, you got to promise me it'll be in the book, and I'm like. I gotta find a way. Like again, I'm not pulling stories out of left field. And but when we were traveling, and I talk about how I didn't have duty, so I can make that phone call mm-hmm. on on the field uh, to the the um, insurance agent and getting annoyed that mm-hmm. the footballs. What are you doing, Ryan? Oh, you have the audacity to. <laughs> so he, he, he called me up on that one too. But um, I, uh, yeah, I made sure that um, you know those, those people. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not bashful about saying, if you like it, please tell your family mm-hmm. and friends in the same way you like a movie or a restaurant. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and it helps when you send it, and hey, they're in the book. So it, it's so far in the early stages, that's exactly how it's playing out. Um, but, uh, yeah, so when we are close to the release in early June, I... Um, was I wanted to get my hands on the book. I, I, I had been told that as a writer, when you get your hands on that first book, it's just awesome. I knew I was going to order a few hundred. There's different price points, and I, I hadn't settled on whether it was going to be 200 250 And he's like, whatever you think it is, double it. And he goes, I worked with a book like yours in New Orleans. And he goes, I could tell you your book's going to sell. I goes, I'm not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to get the hopes up for the author. But he goes, I, I've read it. And he goes the type of book and he goes from what I hear about Buffalo they're in Illinois so everything you're yeah you're right they're you know they love their city oh, even yeah. if they're in you know Florida or Texas and those are the people I also really want to reach and I've had some success so far with that but um, I you know I said I, I want to uh, you know have as a big a reach as possible but anyway we were just coming to, to the point where it was going to be released I was like waiting 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 all of a sudden he, they called and said it's going on Amazon tonight I'm like ah wait a minute, I, I hadn't placed my order yet. And sure enough, to see it, it was on Amazon, and I said, okay, I wanted to put a Facebook post out and a LinkedIn post telling friends, look, it's on Amazon, but hold on, let me let me give you another option about sure. buying it through me. If, if for whatever they care about it being signed, a lot of people do, they really oh, yeah. sign, like it. It's something about uh, book purchasers, how important that is. So, okay, I, I can make that happen with my purchase. But, so, but I ordered one of each on Amazon that night when it went on and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to get one to Marv ASAP sure. before mm-hmm. my own mother got a copy <laughs> he had none of the you know I wouldn't have had the, the, the traction book. without him just, you yeah. can't deny it so I'm waiting I'm waiting I, and uh, all of a sudden a package comes I pick it up outside I open it up oh this is it I, so I'm filming it I'm like I don't know what I'm going to do with this film I'm going to have it we'll see if it comes out cool I'll use it for something right and I open it up Open up, and uh, my wife had purchased like six Tupperware container tops. <laughs> like, what a letdown! Awesome. I swore, oh, oh my gosh! So uh, finally, I, the, the book came the next day. It really did come the next day, and I had a, an envelope already written to Marv. 
I opened it up, barely touched it, and and wrote a note, and and, and, and I'm like getting all nervous. I'm like, what am I doing, writing a note in a book to Marv Levy? Then, right? like, what do you say? <laughs> That's you a, know what I mean, like, because you know what you want to say, but how do you actually quantify? Like, how, uh, that's ridiculous because you're literally shaking. Like, <laughs> I was literally shaking. Yeah, I went, oh, well, at least the book is the only one I have right now. I don't want to wait for another few days. Well, yeah, what if you slip? And, and you I, know, I, I kind of did make this mistake writing it, and I forget what the word was, whether it was death or whatever but I realized I got to the word too close to the and I had to oh. break it up and use a hyphen and I'm like oh man so, you're the author yeah, you know, <laughs> I already screwed it up and I'm looking and I'm like oh it's like shaky but I got the sentiment across I packaged it up I drove right to the post office I got it out I had tracking and then I see it was like a Monday and I see that he got it on a Wednesday I could tell you or, or deliver mm-hmm. like not didn't hear anything didn't hear anything by email Thursday goes by and I'm like oh my gosh what if he got the book I know he told me he was excited I wrote it but what if he got it and he read it and he comes back to me so Don it's nice that you wrote a book but I didn't realize you were going to say that like sure. that's what I'm yeah, fearing yeah. Right. and I got an email from him I, I think I, I almost cried it was a night he goes Don I am blown away particularly by the chapter you wrote about me the tribute chapter he goes I, I, I am already excited to sit down and read the whole thing but he goes I have to admit I saw that I had to go right to it he goes, I can't thank you enough and I'm like <laughs> what oh a savage. my god <laughs> yeah right I, I just I, so I uh, giant XL the fact that he liked it was was just a huge hurdle and, mm-hmm. and he said something funny in fact I I, I put his response because I know knowing him I put it on our thunderstowabuffalo.com website which by the way I want to put our podcast sure. on there oh we'll get well. to that don't, don't worry I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to have that on there but I put his response uh, there's a blog I think I've written like two or three things, but I put that response on the website, and uh, I, I plan to use it. I, I put something on there like by August 25th. I want to have you know you mentioned the movie references, mm-hmm. and I, I Billy warned me. He's like the publisher might not like all those movie references because I love them, you know. But and they they did kind of question me on some of them, but uh, the feedback I've been getting from other people is that. Oh, they thought they were they were, they were, they, were they make the scene. Too. Thank you. Yeah, oh, good. They, they perfectly tie in what you're trying to say, and I'm like, yeah. I, this is such an obscure movie reference, but I appreciate it because yeah. this is perfect <laughs> in this situation. Great. Well, it was great. Yeah. And, and to the extent that someone didn't see it, what I'm going to do is have the YouTube links and say, hey, on page you know 86, I referenced this. Oh, cool. Here's a here's a YouTube link. In sure. case you didn't see the movie. This, this is what I'm referring to. You know, my cousin Vinny's jail scene. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. pretty. Uh, but a uh, profanity uh, warning on there. But right. <laughs> did you ever think about doing an audio book? I have. Yeah. You guys got some good voices. I don't know what you're. Ooh. For, I don't know what you're. Uh, your, can you uh, imagine? This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I would do it. That'd be uh, awesome. You know, yeah. In all, all right. yeah, yeah. In all seriousness, that'd be that'd be <laughs> a riot. Really cool. Yeah. I'd read a chapter and then I'd be like throwing it back to him and then. <laughs> He would stutter, I would laugh, and then vice versa, because right. I would make 30 more mistakes than you did. I mean, we got the equipment to do it, so you it would, would be good. We I'm do. I'm still blown yeah. away by all this. And, you know, so you're, you're moving studio. But yeah, I am. The, the Archway has um, an option for me. Um, what I'm thinking of is, because I know I, I like to listen to that uh, in, in a book format myself, but... Um, Maybe maybe after the year mm-hmm. and, and and have a new a new opportunity to sort of say hey now available an audio book sure. mm-hmm. uh, kind of keep things going that yeah. way you know Just, that'll hit a totally different market and audience too because yeah. a lot of people listen to podcasts while they drive in things but yeah. audiobooks are huge especially yeah. for longer trips but this it's 265 270 page range it's close to 300 I think with with the afterward and the where are they now yeah, yeah. sections yeah so that's realistically probably. 
two days hmm. for an audiobook yeah. if you drive. Yeah. It's not bad I at like all. I like that where they now section, too. Yeah. It, it just kind of rounds out the book again. Yeah. There's so much that I love about this book. Like, I'm trying not to fame girl that I'm talking to because I know you for, <laughs> for so long now, but I'm just so impressed Boys. the way that you wrote this because it's just, it's very, very well written. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, I like I told you before, I, I was hoping um, the, the writing would come across in a, in a conversationalist format like mm-hmm. what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, you made me feel good by saying that that's, that's kind of the reason. Mm-hmm. You got from it, yeah. So absolutely, I've heard that from others too. But uh, uh, you guys are pros, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <Barely>. <laughs> <Let's tone it. laughs> So when is the website going to be up? Do you have an, a date yet? It's up now. oh, it is up, it's up now. now okay. But I, but but fair warning, it's raw. Like I only sure. have three blogs in there. But I, I put like the disclaimer on there yesterday that by August 25th, I'm going to come out with um, some social media posts and say, hey, now go to the website if you bought the book, or you can't even if you didn't. But um, and and uh, see what some things that were left in the cutting room floor mm-hmm. or, or some uh, explanation to some references or some funny stories people have given me you know since that uh, I hope people find uh, you know to, to keep things going with it sure absolutely you know well thank you so much for your time I really appreciate you sitting down with us and uh, talking about all this this is it's such a cool book I know for us I mean you probably for some reason, you remember more about that storm than I do. But back then, I was, yeah. what, we were 14 when this happened, so yeah. I don't remember a ton of it. But rereading some of this, it's just like it's bringing it all back. Like, oh. this is – I remember this happening now because it's written down and I can remember it. So it, it's just – it's such a great book. If you're from the Buffalo area, you have to get this because it's just it, – it was a huge pivotal moment in Buffalo history. So you have to get it. If you're outside of Buffalo and you're ever – interested in what our winters are like <laughs> definitely pick it up yeah. because it's it's the extreme but it definitely happens more than we we like to think so yeah you ain't kidding so thank, thank you so much thank for you time. so much for really your time it. honestly oh. i mean it's uh, it's a huge honor oh. to sit down and have this much time with you this is so i don't know how long we've been here but it's been a blast uh, an hour and ten no kidding yeah how about that time flies huh yeah <laughs> yeah it's a great yeah is there anything else that you wanted to, to point out that we t- didn't yeah or, or plug so people yeah. can buy it on amazon yeah they also can buy it off your website uh, they can uh yeah so if you basically if you google the book it'll show that it comes okay. up on i mean amazon everyone's got amazon mm-hmm. it seems but it comes up on like um target booktopia oh, cool. um barnesandnoble.com and uh, we're just if, if anyone's listening that uh, it, you know has has a bookstore um, yeah like Barnes and Noble yeah locally okay. I'm, I'm gonna be making like Buffalo Airport you know the, oh, the, yeah. like the, the college bookstores I'm gonna be going there personally they were just notified last week through as book buyers and sellers there's a couple of uh, like the publishers send alerts that there's a new batch of books now available <laughs> and uh, you know mine isn't the only one they were alerted to so sure. I, I, i'm gonna make some um some some uh visits to uh, uh some pretty key places i'm excited about I, I gotta say and i'm gonna put them on the spot but i, I am thrilled with the conversations i've had with the buffalo bills <laughs> and their um uh, yeah, their own store. Yeah, right? <laughs> so yeah. I got a meeting uh, uh, next week out there, but the, the groundwork's kind of already been laid. But, you know, Delaware North uh, does the buying. But um, let's just put it this way. I'm, I'm pretty encouraged by, by the prospects of it. And uh, a couple of um, major, major uh, grocery store chains. Oh, sweet. That, mm-hmm. uh, I've got, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, maybe I'll mention it once we consummate a deal. But 
it would be a big deal. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. even the Buffalo, like having that in the Buffalo airport would be sweet. Yeah, right? That way people can get off Makes the plane sense. and be like, I'm going back home. I'm not <laughs> staying here. <laughs> they come yeah. here in October yeah. thinking it's going to get a fall yeah. season. And, they're like, oh. and then the Chamber of Commerce is going to burn me in. Effigy for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you're scaring them away. <laughs> yeah. It's sweet, though. Congrats. Yeah. It's really cool. You guys, too. Yeah, thanks. Do, do you feel great. relieved now that your, your work is all done and you're just now promoting it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, if, if there is anything in there that, you know, I can't change it now, but mm-hmm. um, the feedback <laughs> right. I'm getting is, uh, you know, by you know, emails and phone calls, mostly from contributors, because they were the ones I wanted to take sure. care of first. Um, oh, man, I, it, it, it's uh, a, a very gratifying to hear how they feel like they were not only fairly portrayed, uh, but uh, promoted, but um, the rest of the book, too, that mm-hmm. they weren't. You know, part of the narrative. Sure, and, uh, that that's yeah, feels really good. Awesome, it's amazing. Well, thank you so much. We again thank really appreciate guys. it. Yeah, everybody, go check it out. Thunder, Snow, Buffalo. We have a link in the description to the Amazon, but also go to the Amazon. Why did I say the Amazon? <laughs> uh, go to Google. You can type in Thunder, Snow, Buffalo, and get it wherever you want. So, thank you very much for your time again, guys. The great, appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thank you. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.